Bav Metziah, Perak Yud, Mishnah Base 10-2. The setup of this Mishnah is kind of like the previous Mishnah, in that it's the same two-story apartment building um, that's going to be um, having some collapsing going on. Uh, but the, there's a big difference, and it's misleading. The Mishnah starts with the same words, Habayas v'aliyah shel shnayim. The two-story structure, we have the ground floor and the upper floor. It says shel shnayim belong to two people, but the truth is, and Rashi actually even changed the girsa, um, taking out the shel shnayim, there's only one owner of this building. So there's a landlord living in the bottom floor, the bias, and there's a tenant living in the upper story, uh, the aliyah. And nifchasaha aliyah, the upper story collapses in, meaning the roof of the building is intact, but the middle layer, that is what the guy in the upper story would call the floor, and what the guy in the lower story would call the ceiling, has caved in. So that means, of course, that as long as you have even a 4 by 4 Tvachim caved in, the guy on the second story can say this is not a livable situation. So, what happens if the Ein Hab the guy on the lower floor, meaning the, the owner of the building, is not prepared to repair the floor for the upper guy, so the guy's nowhere to live. So, so the guy who was living upstairs now has the rights to move into the guy's, take over the downstairs place, until the landlord, who had been living on the ground floor, fixes the top floor. Now, there's a lot more here than meets the eye. You recall at the end of the eighth parak, we talked about what happens if a person agrees to rent out an, a, a home to somebody else and the house falls in. And we said there, it depends, his responsibility depends. If the landlord had committed to provide this house, so then this house uh, isn't available, but it's circumstances beyond his control and he doesn't have to fix it. Okay, he, doesn't have to, he can't charge rent, but he doesn't have to fix it. If the landlord committed to provide him with a house, a home, so then he has to give him a place to live, and if this one fell in, he has to take him somewhere else or repair that home. Okay, So now, our Mishnah is a case that's not either of those two cases, because those cases are dealt with already back in um, Perkhes Mishnah Test 8-9. Uh, our case is that the contract essentially stipulated that the guy living on the top story is getting a home which is built directly above the bottom story. And the implication of that, the understanding in terms of the nuance that would be understood in the time of the Mishnah is that the under the bottom story is underwriting, so to speak, the top story, meaning, as the Mishnah says, if the guy can't live on top, then he can move down below. So it's a very limited, unique case. Okay? Now, Rabiosi Omer he, Rabiosi, is arguing on what the guy on bottom has to fix. Says Rabiosi, he has to fix just the tikra, meaning like the wood that would be, we'll call it his ceiling, but the ma'aziva, the plaster, which would make for a smooth floor, that's the responsibility of the guy living in the top story, because Rabiosi holds the plaster that makes for the flooring is just sort of like a cosmetic, so as long as it's functional, because there's a solid you know, floor on which to stand. The fact that it's bumpy, it's not the problem of the guy down below. That's his shita. Halacha does not follow him. Halacha follows the Chachamim. The Chacham, whose opinion can be inferred from the Mishnah, but it's not explicit here, uh, is that, no, um, the ma'aziva, the plaster, is structural as well. It's part of parcel holding the building together. You can't have just flooring without the plaster to make it smooth. It's not for cosmetic, but for structural reasons. And therefore, the guy on the top can demand that the guy on the bottom provide not just for a ticker, like I'll call it the wood beams or whatever it is, but also the maziva, the plaster, to make it smooth as well.